Hello and welcome to Epic Loot Radio, the first podcast of 2022. And joining us, we got a roundtable to talk about the games, the MMOs, the everything we're excited about with this coming year. Now, I'm going to be introducing these guys one at a time, but note that you should go and check all of their content out, uh, and their links will also be in the description as well of these videos and in the MP3 audio form. We'll start with Rory Khan, then we've got Vulcan, and joining us for the first time on Epic Loot Radio, breaking his two-year fast of podcast appearances, Force Gaming. Welcome. Let's start with you, Force. Why don't you go ahead and tell people who you are? So that way, if I'm introducing you guys to Force Gaming, then I honestly have had the best day of my life. Force, floor is yours. What am I supposed to say? You just gave me, I'm Force Gaming. That's my introduction. <laughs> That's it is. That's all you need to know. I make YouTube videos. Um, sometimes they're good. Other times they're not. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I do. My it's. I'm not going to go into my whole history, but nowadays I do a lot of just PC gaming coverage in general because that's where my heart is and I think that's where I, do, I should just focus on. That's um, important. And I, I cover MMOs a lot in particular just because that is a um, my Achilles heel and in terms of genre for gaming. It's just so good. Even though I don't, even though as we discussed in our non-official start to the live stream starting, um, I don't, I don't usually play any individual MMO, which is like heresy in the genre. But um, it's harder as a content. I don't play any. Do that. I just because uh, I'm not. I don't dedicate to one game anymore. Um, I've, I've like gone up and down with so many games in terms of their popularity over times. But that also just my personal interest. Like I, I just don't care to just stick with one game anymore. Um, so I usually play like a lot of different MMOs and other games, but mostly MMOs. Um, kind of going back and forth every year. I usually try to revisit at least a handful if not all of like the big ones like eso guild wars um, final fantasy 14 is still the one that i've never dove into it's such a um a hurdle to jump but i will at some point don't worry i know no we'll probably end up talking a little bit about that no no not at all like a lot of the the thing with 14 it, it becomes its own conversation about people going and playing it and when people go in with the if they if they think that it's something else if they think that it's in, you know, am I like, I'll say this and I, I know I get a lot of hate from the 14 community because I just, I've always phrased 14 as it's a Final Fantasy game that is built on top of an MMO world. Final Fantasy 14 is not an MMO. However, it, it it is kind of like, hey, and if you like the MMO, maybe you'll stick around afterwards. But that's going to be very interesting to see how it develops, of course, over this year and then the future. And Yoshi P himself will actually talk to the community about like the future of the game in in february but if you like final fantasy games you're probably going to like it if you like story driven rpgs oh, yeah. you're probably going to have a blast if you don't um don't publish your real name out in the world because <laughs> i'm not gonna lie like, like the community could get quite uh quite a little persnickety about that and I, when i say that it's the, oh, yeah. obviously the minority the vocal minority we'll, we'll keep putting hopefully minority on that tag and hopefully it doesn't one day become the majority because that'd be kind of dangerous rory khan uh you've been here as a guest uh before you also we just uh, talked about our n walker expressions expressions or <laughs> whatever our review whatever you want to call it. uh our yeah, impressions. impressions thank you uh just yesterday but you're obviously as part of the pre-show talking about monster hunter rise what games are you playing right now yeah. and what, what you got going on 
I'm playing Monster Hunter Rise and Final Fantasy XIV, mostly. I've actually been doing a lot of the crafting quests. It's like, I don't want to do end game crafting, but I like doing just the crafting quests that take you along the way. But um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. And obviously I'm looking forward to Elden Ring coming up in February. That's like my one of my big things this year. I'm going to be playing through Rise and then eventually in spring, Sunbreak, which is the Rise expansion that is upcoming. Somewhere in between there, I hope to check out Lost Ark as well, because I liked the what I've played of the beta. I opted not to play more than, I think, about 10 hours or so. So in order to prevent burnout, because, you know, it's that <laughs> thing of like, oh, so you play the beta now and then you play the game when it comes out and all of that. But yeah, I'm curious about that. And there's another game that's going to be coming out this year that I'm really curious to see, which is Project Relink. But yeah, hmm. not a whole lot. Is, is, known that, is that through that the Grand Blue them. thing? Yeah, the Grand Blue thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've been like oh. when watching and it's like, uh, it, it's like. It, it, it's it, coming out this year. <laughs> it, sure. I believe Good. It. <laughs> I'll believe it, uh, when, it yeah. when it happens. Supposedly, yeah. Supposedly. We'll uh, you know, like that's that's the funniest thing about like release dates. Somebody, I, I think, like wholeheartedly can like was like, no, Brian, you're wrong. Ashes of Creation is coming out in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Who are That's you? Funny. Like it's like that, see, Wait, see you, you were really talking about that. Not me. Like no literally, like oh. somebody was legitimately was like <laughs> telling me I was wrong because I said I was like at a minimum twenty twenty three at a minimum. Oh yeah, you could say twenty thirty, and I still wouldn't believe you. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's not a Square Enix game. Square Enix usually is like, <laughs> hey, we're announcing this uh, Kingdom Hearts, uh, you know, four, and you can expect it by twenty forty. Yeah. All right, it, it's like listen you know you know how you're yeah. talking about stand-up before we started the show proper that guy should go do stand-up it's like oh it's a thousand percent 2021 yeah sure thing just like star citizen right yeah, exactly i'm the world's worst bad predictor of release dates <laughs> <laughs> oh man vulcan man uh, you haven't been on the show in a while i know we've all been uh busy but also uh vulcan joining the father uh crew the fatherhood crew yeah. Uh, we yeah. ended up having a dad's cast on accident, like just one. Uh, congratulations. Really. And thank uh, you. And obviously uh, we've got a lot in common, but uh, you obviously, I, like, I know I've been seeing a lot of your Lost Ark uh, vids and stuff and makes, this guy makes excellent videos, guys. Uh, so tell people what you're working on, what you're excited about for this year. And then we'll dive into the full show. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh man, this year is just, it's packed. February is going to be rough um yeah yeah elden ring you have tiny tina's uh, wonderlands coming in march you have lost ark i mean you name it it's gonna be there dying light too um so because i'm a dad now uh i don't have all the time in the world that i used to so um having to kind of cut some of those out a little bit but right now it's lost ark lost ark is kind of my my focus um and I've been playing, gosh, I mean, the Russian uh, version over the past couple of years, a little bit of the Korean version when it very first launched, which was an interesting experience. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting oh, getting an account because I was like, it was very I interesting. The, I played the Korean edition. It was like, all right, like, uh, hopefully yeah. I didn't just, you know, hand somebody money and then they just say sucks to suck. Yeah, it's like, it's like I'm waiting on a text message from somebody. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so it, was, it was rough. I was like, this is crazy. Um, but really, that that's that's kind of the big one. and. You know, um, I'm still covering New World as it kind of comes out with some big updates, things like that. So really kind of like what Force was talking about. Um, I've always been somebody that's just like a lot of variety in terms of games. Um, it's really hard to, for me to like stick with like one particular game for a long period of time. Um, so it's just, you know, create a bunch of content, enjoy the game. As long as I'm having a good time, I'll cover it. 
and then we'll kind of switch and check out some other stuff as well. So definitely, definitely a variety. There's a yeah, like a theme that you guys kind of all hit on, and it's essentially like variety is is kind of a key to life and happiness and flavor. Over the last couple of years, and I've seen this kind of die down, and so I don't know if YouTube has changed more things, but there was this like wave, and maybe it still exists, and maybe I'm just kind of like ignoring it, so it's not YouTube's not feeding it to me. But we've seen this massive trend on hating on games and just like dumping on games like i've played this game for five thousand hours and it sucks i've and i've seen these comments i've played this game for ten thousand hours and that's, this sucks and i think that's monster hunter rise in, in a nutshell it's like people like <laughs> i can't believe I, this game only has 200 hours of content and i'm already done with it and i was like what's that <laughs> you, you paid sixty dollars you got 200 hours and somehow it's bad <laughs> okay it's a great deal that's basically an hour of dinner or some places. So it's like, come on. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true depending on the dinner that you're going to. So my question uh, to the panel here is that what's the most amount of time that you put in any one game? And is that a game that you still frequently return to? Or did you hit a burnout point uh, naturally just based off of the, uh, a pure time? So what's the most time you spend in any particular one game for us? Um, the title goes to World of Warcraft by figured Landslide. It, figured it was. Yeah, from 2004 up until probably 2012, I like just didn't stop playing. I definitely have over like a year logged in that game. I can't, I've come back for every expansion, although after after Wrath, pretty much it was progressively less time for each expansion. Um, but yeah, that that's... And you know, it's funny because with the state of Blizzard and everything going on and all of the... Um, just like the really disappointing news to come out about the corp corporate culture but even on top like that uh, that is its own conversation i think but even aside from that it definitely feels like blizzard's just not the same company anymore they haven't been the same company for a while um you know a lot of the i guess pillars of the company that were there from the start or you know at least the start of some of their some of their franchises have all pretty much gone and, you know, if we want to tie that conversation into what the corporate culture was like and why it was like that, you could. But I just don't know. Point being, I don't know if like, I don't know if I'm going to go back to WoW. It's like, it's a very complicated thing. Um, but then just all of that aside, the game's changed so much over the years. And I guess, you know, I've changed too. Um, I just don't, I'm not, the appeal's not there as much anymore. So it was a gradual decline, I think, naturally, just from <laughs> fatigue from the same game for over seven or eight years um and maybe that informs like why i play games the way i do now a little bit more tasting from multiple but um yeah i think i'm pretty much probably done with wow i say that but you know maybe i'll check out the next expansion anyways we'll yeah, see of course of course you will come on <laughs> is there an expansion you skip because i was hanging out like and watching you stream wow uh, probably what it's been maybe a year or nine months or something like that. There was a point in time where I know like you were hanging out playing it and it was just really kind of fun to watch like you like dive into these games because typically my experience with your videos is the kind of the the informational like highlight reel kind of like the real cool in, you know like in well edited I might say I add but the uh, like that's just like oh he's forces covering this game oh that's interesting oh he's covering that game oh that's interesting but then you kind of got into this wow kick and I again I don't remember the date but it was just kind of fun to watch you kind of relive that and so the question would be then the follow up on that is if you're unsure like is there something that you could see or hear that would 
automatically turn that into a yes. Does does Blizzard or the fact that Microsoft's acquiring them come out and say, hey guys, uh, we're remastering World of Warcraft and uh, Unreal and we're gonna bring, you know, like action combat. You're like, is there something that you're like, oh, I absolutely am in for that? Uh, you know, like that's what I'm kind of curious about. Like if there's something mm. you've ever thought of. That's a good question. I mean, I went back for classic just because it was fun to relive like 2004, 2005 over again. And I think a lot of it also hinges on, hey, what are my friends doing? Mm-hmm. If I have a bunch of friends playing just for the sake of getting to do something with them, um, that's usually a reason enough for me to dive back in. But this is going to sound strange, but I think I would just be out of morbid curiosity if they ended up doing a console version for the Xbox, I would probably I would just have probably to want to check it out. Yeah. I've actually I've I've tried it before. I've done you know, there's this whole thing where they they can set up the UI and you've got gamepad support for it with the action cam mm-hmm. and I've basically set up WoW as a console game. I've just tried that cuz you can more or less do it. And it's really not that bad. It's like, not that mm-hmm. bad. But as a, as an avid controller player who plays MMOs <laughs> on controller, like it's it's just in that uncanny valley enough to where it's like. Well, and this is like the hacked together version, yeah. right? Because yeah, yeah, this is not like officially supported. Like, I I just feel like they could do it. I think it'd be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the I know there's a lot of skills in WoW. It's been pruned over the years, but there's still a lot of skills in WoW, and it's got the shorter GCD compared to like 14 but there are so many mmos on console there are so many tap target mmos on console i think they could pull it off if they wanted to um and with with rumble from a joypad it's actually kind of cool it's like a different experience it's like i played a lot of eso i'm mostly a pc gamer but i did try the xbox version and it actually felt kind of good because when you have the rumble mm-hmm. in, on t- in combat it, it does add to like the feel of combat like the you, literal feel of it. You, but yeah. you know what rumble is the best thing in an MMO though? Fishing. Like <laughs> oh, yeah, fishing right. on a controller. Literally <laughs> legitimately I don't have like a like I, I literally in uh like it was like Heaven's Word, had a beer, was just holding the controller <laughs> and was fishing and it, it would vibrate when there was a fish on the line. I literally was drinking a beer. Like this is that's what I legit like people are like, how do you level fisher? to level 60 and it was like i think it was in heaven's word i was like well i drank a lot and i literally <laughs> just kind of took a nap like i would if i was really fishing and rumble it makes that possible uh within mmos and that's where i miss that's why i wish new world had na- native uh controller support because i feel like it could work oh it was, oh, for sure. yeah i feel like yeah. that's as long as they don't tank i feel like that thing that game's gotta come it's perfect and, uh, for a gamepad yeah you you know that in PlayStation 5, Brian, they've set up the, they don't really do like vibration on combat because that would be excessive as you can imagine, right? Mm-hmm. But like on mounts, yeah. they have different vibration patterns. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that a dual sense? It's a PS5 uh, controller. Yeah, Supports it's a dual sense. Uh, community yeah. bought it for me. Thank you very much, community. And, uh, so, and no, so I know exactly. So you've, so you've yeah. felt it. Yeah. Well, because they, so they brought like, it to PC. They brought the PS5 feature. Yeah to the PC version. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Mm. So for us, Vulcan, think about this. Imagine like all of the mounts that you have in an MMO, each of them have different vibration patterns to simulate the mount that you're on. And it's insane because I was like, oh, so if I got on this mount, you can feel the wings flapping. If I get on this other mount, you can feel like the wheels going through the gravel and stuff. So I was like, dude, this is crazy. The amount of work <laughs> that they've went to, because there's a ton of mounts in this game. It's it, crazy. It's so yeah. frustrating 
that that exists and then guild wars 2 doesn't support it at all because the mount <laughs> system in guild wars 2 is by far the it's, best it's mount system cool, yeah. in any mmorpg it's like new it's world doesn't new worlds do, like doesn't have mounts and i'm like hi <laughs> talk to the guild War. like if you're going to do this ever ever look over here like look at that game they yeah. got it perfect vulcan mm -hmm. what's the longest time you've put into any one particular game and what and what would make you go back to it at some point Oh, man, so most time I would say probably World of Warcraft as well. Same thing. <laughs> we have a bunch <laughs> of Wow Andes in here. Like, oh, let me tell you, 2004, 2005 ish. Uh, I think began 2005 is when I started playing, and I still play. Uh, so I check out every expansion. I play yeah. usually for like six months after that. But um, to kind of, I guess, go away from World of Warcraft, also old school RuneScape. That one, another one, probably God, thousands of hours into. So. Um, I think that's probably why I, I like New World so much is because it resembles old school RuneScape quite a bit in terms of like skills, crafting, all that fun stuff. So, and um, that one I don't play too much anymore, but World of Warcraft, yep, I still go back to. Had the same thought. Hopefully it comes to consoles because um, that would be a blast. And then my friends would start playing again because um, I don't play PC stuff anymore. So, yeah. And uh, uh, Rory, how about you, man? I mean, if we're just going out of time played, it's going to be World of Warcraft. Oh <laughs> yeah! <laughs> what a bunch of losers. <laughs> no, I was 39 no pressure, when I started Brian. WoW. Like, I was 39 when I started WoW. That was yeah, when Shadowlands launched. <laughs> and I was okay. like, yeah, that was like... Eh. It's, it's like, for me, it, it all started going downhill after Wrath of the Lich King, pretty yeah. much, which I awesome. guess was the same thing with, with Force as well. You, you as well, probably, right? Vulcan after... Yep. After Wrath of the Lich King, it just felt like a different game. And you were asking, like, what would get you back into the game? It's like, well, for starters, I'd like to actually be able to just play the video game and have the video game not tell me that I suck for not playing it every single minute of every single hour. Like, that's that's always why I would end this topic. It's like, I just want to do Mythic Plus with my friends and raid. And the game's like, well, if you want to do that, then here's 20 hours of weekly chores that you have to set aside to go and do every single week and i'm like i'm a father of two kids and i'm also a content creator and i can't even create content around this game because whatever and it's like ugh. so yeah i, feel, I, I dropped like off a shadowland super super hard i feel like we can't unring that bell i think that's kind of what i was talking about with just like how how blizzard is in general the way yeah. they make their games and it's so it feels just so much more about like daily engagement is the primary yeah. focus um I don't know if they go backwards from that, at least not to their existing games. You know, you want to so. hear my theory on it. You want to hear my theory course, on that daily ahead. engagement and why wow feels like people get like to that point. The same thing, the same concept with destiny is that that systems, those systems of daily logins and rewards, et cetera, they work until they don't. I think essentially there's a dopamine response like in the human brain that feels very satisfying. And eventually you get like, callous to it in that regards and then you need more of it and so all of a sudden you, you log in you're like i am not getting that feeling that i'm normally getting and now i'm getting this i have to do all of this stuff to just to chase that that feeling so i think there's a chemical response within gamers brains but also on that line like i'm sitting here and that's the that's the thing i'm worried about for new world because it works like getting people to log in daily if you're really focusing on that daily active user like you want to get them in you you know etc and you hope that they stick around but it, what ends up happening is i think eventually you start to like to hate it like it's it, it gets you going it, it works on the human level and then you and then eventually like there's a point 
there's a point where you get and you're like, this, I hate, I hate doing this. I hate doing this. Why mm -hmm. am I doing this? And, and that's the problem. And so like when I look at dailies, like I, the fact that people call them chores, I go, I don't think that was healthy for the MMO. I think that was essentially a, a trick of on our minds. And I would, I would love to see the industry say, you know what? We're not, we're not going to do that anymore. I think 14 does it in an interesting and better way because they expire. Like you can do your dailies and then eventually you hit a cap and then that value is not going to, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, the value lowers very sharply. So, you know, I don't feel like I have to log in and do all these beast tribe quests. Cause I've kind of finished that story. Anybody who ever yeah. thought on that? <laughs> it, it's it's like the, um, the the cool thing about 14 is that unlike WoW, you you can get caught up and you can be done. That That's the thing that is impressive. It's like they're actually comfortable with you just being done and playing another game. Like I've taken multiple breaks since I've started playing 14 and I never feel like I'm missing out because even, even if say, okay, I'm not going to play for like a year. And you come back and you're like, oh man, I'm going to be so out of not be able to cut up. It's like, no, you literally just buy crafted gear and you're good to go. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's no big long grind to get gear. There's no go grind. these. You can literally just get in, buy the crafted gear, which at that point is probably going to be dirt cheap anyway. And you can go do the raids. Like it's mm -hmm. that simple. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. That's what we've, I, I think when we look at this year and that's kind of the big topic for, for today's show is, um, I mean, we look at out of 2022, we've got Lost Ark, we got Final Fantasy 14, which right now appears by all by all metrics seems to be the number one MMO in the world. Lost Ark surging uh, due to the kind of the decline of WoW. Other MMOs like ESO also climbing, Guild Wars 2 uh, climbing. And what we're seeing is almost in a weird way is an industry level uh, reset. And so we're actually starting to see, which to my surprise, is investment in the genre itself. So uh, for example, Amazon is you know behind both lost ark and new world and that seems very interesting i'm very curious as y'all thoughts especially as they enter in the gaming scene with two mmorpgs force do you have any thoughts on amazon as what they've been doing so far with both new world and with lost ark on the horizon yeah i think new world um it's it's so complicated because they have something really special with that game uh, yeah i ended up playing like 100 hours preview pre-launch and i didn't even touch the launch version is what how it actually ended up playing out i played across multiple betas i had access to like mm -hmm. a private test server as well and then when the launch came it was a mess and i was just like eh, i'll, I'll hold off until they fix it a couple weeks go by eh, i'll hold off at this point i'm just like i'm gonna wait till their first like major patch which maybe will come halfway through this year or maybe in the fall whenever they have like a huge huge update mm -hmm. i know they have like they have a bunch of periodic stuff they're adding new weapons and Whole bunch of stuff but when they get a really big update and a lot of this stuff's ironed out and maybe once the player base settles i think that'll be a good time for me to jump in but but they they definitely did something right Nine hundred thousand p concurrent uh set a record on steam steam is huge yeah <laughs> uh, people yeah people really do shit on new world pretty hard and it's definitely like we talked about at the very beginning like it's it's pales in comparison to what it started at right but it's still like it it's blowing every other MMO that came out last year out of the water. There were like mm -hmm. seven launches. Um, yeah. And everything else doesn't even come close to where they're currently kind of stabilized. So they're still going down. But they did something right. And um, 
the thing with Lost Ark, though, is it's not theirs. Like, they're publishing it, but it's not their game. I think it's certainly going to have quite a bit of success, but it's also, it's kind of strange because it's an MMO, but it's a top-down game. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, those can be, like, two different player bases. Like, the people who maybe like Path of Exile and Diablo 3 aren't necessarily all the same people who like, like traditional MMOs, you know what I mean? So it'll be interesting. I think it'll do pretty well. But in terms of just uh, Amazon entering the MMO space, I mean, whatever. I'll take what I can get, dude. It's so, <laughs> it's like, I, like you said, there is there does seem to be a resurgence. I think partially because like the tech is really getting there and, and companies are willing to give another crack at it. They're, everyone's tired of Battle Royale and card games and like a lot of the, um, just a lot of the like, hyper um popular genres as they wax and wane right i think mmos are making a comeback and i'm really excited for it i'm super pissed though that uh that we're not going to get that lord of the rings mmo that amazon i know was supposed to. Oh, i was so damn excited they have the ip in that regards <laughs> and i'm wondering if we end up seeing something down the line that ended up being that like china basically bought that right out from under them so it's like they had a the developers working on that and that's like interesting to see what what they end up doing in the long run you bring up an interesting point about the player population it's been interesting for me to watch as a content creator now but as i watch people like shit on new world and then when you go and actually from my perspective i look at the the numbers and it's like they're, they're still like ranked high like the numbers themselves just kind of like overall have this kind of ebb and flow and i think that like i'm wondering like is the impact of content creation and the fact that you can do a negative new world video and it's going to do really well for you as a content creator, uh, you know, is that more the model or is it just a matter of like, okay, yeah, like the population ebbs and flows, big updates, bring people back. What's the retention rate on bringing people back? And when is the expansion, uh, you know, overall? Cause it's that, I think essentially for me, what I'm looking to see is the expansion is reaffirming the the promise that they say that they've got a 10 year plan. And I don't mm-hmm. know when that happens, whether that's year one, year two. Have year they three. said that? 10 yeah. year plan? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. They said that they're committed to New World for, for over 10 years. A lot of people say we're committed to a game for whatever period of time, but that most likely that always falls through. People come and say, they've got like, like Anthem. Anthem's got a 10 year plan, blah, 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 blah. It's like, like <laughs> yeah, I believe it when that. I, I believe it when Anthem's I see rough. it. <laughs> yeah. I believe it when I see it. Uh, what do you guys think overall? Like when, uh, let's go Vulcan. Um, like obviously Lost Ark is going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's going to have the same kind of thing. I'm just kind of watching all of this to see if the same kind of stories apply because right mm-hmm. now 14's numbers are down because that's essentially the ebb and flow, but there's that's not because you can't buy it. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's because you can't buy it. Right? <laughs> it goes on sale <laughs> next week. It goes back on sale next week. Um, but outside of buying it, but like ebbs, like nobody's reporting on. I guess the whole point of the frustration and the humor in it is, is that I'll see even like mainstream uh, like Kotaku's IGNs and stuff saying like no one's playing Cyberpunk a month after the game's launch. Like why is this even a part of the conversation as to the the overall like active player base that, that you know that we know that it has a roller coaster Vulcan. I think there's multiple things here. So, for a new world perspective, I think it's because it's it's published by Amazon. Um, I think people going into it, whether they have a negative impression of Amazon or a positive impression of it, um, they seem to have they seem to tie that really closely to New World. And um, so, if New World tends to do poorly, then they're more harsh on the game. Um, you know, 
if Final Fantasy does something, you know, I'll say like negatively or they, they misstep or whatever. Like they draw seems... some NFTs, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. And, and people are like, oh, you, you old Final Fantasy, you. Like everybody's fine with it. And um, and I think that kind of ties back into how the game was managed, how, you know, uh, leadership and ownership of Final Fantasy has approached situations. Um, but I'm not entirely sure why there's so much like ire towards towards Amazon publishing a game. I mean, it's not like they've had like raving success and then all of a sudden they've they've just like tanked their entire um, gaming studio. I mean, look, they had um, originally they bought like half of the Wildstar studio of Carbine and they put them on a project and then that tanked and they canceled that. Then they released Crucible and that was terrible. <laughs> so then they they kind of unreleased, unreleased it, it and <laughs> then canceled it. And then, you know, they released New World and that's changed over the years. So it's not like they've had a ton of success and suddenly they're they're doing things poorly. Um, they've always seemed to kind of do things sort of like like they're kind of wandering through the darkness. So um, but like Force said, you know, this is this is a game that has a special thing to it, right? It's kind of in a genre by itself in terms of like theme, because um, you're kind of like these like pioneers in a supernatural island rather than like high fantasy or like souls like um but getting to your second question of lost ark i think we're going to see the same thing but lost ark again is kind of in a weird situation because it's technically been available since like 2019 mm -hmm. you know 2018 so you have people that have been playing it for years and then they're going to continue playing it just in their native language um on the western thing so i think we're going to see a lot of people jump in it's going to go down again but i think that one's going to be a little bit more um predictable and people are not going to be as hard on it because they know what they're getting right it's mm -hmm. like oh we've seen videos from Siwo for two years from saint uh saint tone for two years so we know what we're going to be walking into and we're going to either enjoy it or hate it based on the videos so i don't know i think it's it's just kind of the natural progression of the industry, to be honest. People are going to yeah. jump in. They're going to like it. They're going to hate it. They're going to leave. I think that's the funny thing about like the narrative about every single game. Most games peak at launch and then drop off. It is a rare exception. You look, like, like Fortnite is an exception. Mm -hmm. It didn't peak at launch, right? Yes, Everyone no. knows that. But pretty much every other game peaks at launch. And then if it's supported properly and it's a really good game, over the long term, it'll continue to grow. And but but a majority of games are not the case. And it's just like I guess it's just a matter of people. I mean, people want to feel like they're they're invested in playing something that's successful and that's going to last long term. Especially the people who just want to play one game for an extended period of time. You don't want to feel like you're playing the game that everyone's leaving, right? Um, it, it's yeah. just crazy. And then it's also funny because I've thought about this and I've caught myself doing it. You talk about like how Final Fantasy 14 people are just like, oh, you guys, whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because but there's a good there's a there's a feeling of goodwill towards them that would definitely not be extended uh, across the board. If any other game was having uh, login issues a month after an expansion launch, people would be dumping on it nonstop mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i i do it myself i'm like final fantasy 14 congratulations <laughs> like you guys are so yeah, popular oh my you god i'm it. so happy you yeah. did it you it's outpaced just... <laughs> physical hardware supply like i cannot imagine i think about like so many launches of blizzard products uh, any of the wow expansions or like when diablo 3 launched and the servers were shit for a week and everyone was losing their minds and rightfully so you know mm -hmm. what i mean 
mm-hmm. there's multiple reasons like why isn't this game just available offline you can't say that for mmos but it's just yeah it is funny there is um there is definitely a double standard i call it good game armor right yeah I, we look at like the armor. <laughs> it, it, like plot armor but good game armor is that like when you look at what ha- like with wow and kind of like these moments i always i always say the person i feel for in the whole like crisis obviously the people who like were abused and suffered over blizzard but essentially when i look at the content creator perspective is that or the player's perspective like if all of that comes out and you're still playing it and then they come out with a patch and then it's like oh they nerfed this class i'm done with the game like you've been okay with all of this stuff and then that was kind of the like the straw that like the breaks your back <laughs> so there's like these weird relationships and i i think that with wow like all the stuff that came out about Activision Blizzard was due to continual growing frustration with the game itself. If the game was good, if the game was good, if you're trying to talk bad about like, hey guys, there's real stuff going on over at Blizzard, it's not good. Hey man, like I don't want to hear it. Like I, this is my game. Like I, this mm-hmm. is what I escaped from my crappy boss, you know, and this is what I do. Like I don't want to hear it, but it's like, no man, this game sucks. And they did what? Mm-hmm. Let's get them. You know, it's like, it's like this weird, this perspective within gaming. Now, Rory, we're talking obviously about um, looking at 2022 and we've talked about new world and lost Ark, but uh, like you just are experiencing obviously some like excitement with uh, monster hunter rise, not technically an MMO, but in and of itself, you've also alluded to Elden ring, not technically an MMO, but as you look at uh, 2022, well, it's, it's MMO ish, you know, Shared you, look world, out, you know, at this, yeah. at this year in and of itself, like, do you feel like as a player of wow of 14, and as you look towards the, the like 2022, have you seen like, do you feel like there's been that shift that that force kind of hinted at, at a resurgence of the the genre as opposed to like, we're not seeing a Fortnite spike. You know, I don't think we'll see. Yeah, that it's um, it was it was a perfect storm because you have the, the situation where, like you said, Shadowlands was not a good expansion. On top of it, you have all of this uh, scandalous stuff that is happening with Blizzard. So a lot of players in part because they're sick of the game and in another part because they they're also now exposed that all of the horrible stuff that has been happening in Blizzard headquarters which if you look at it from a perspective of like people that have been Blizzard fans for such a long time as some of us like this this stuff we look at and we're like dude what the hell you were supposed to be like the chosen ones almost because you were called the PC darling for the longest time because your games would come out when they were ready and they would be like super polished and all of this stuff. Now, not only the game suck, but on top of it, we've come to find out all of this horrible stuff behind it. And a lot of people stopped supporting Blizzard. When they stopped supporting Blizzard, most of them first took a break and like played other random games. And then eventually they started looking for another MMO to play. Now, a huge chunk of them ended up coming to Final Fantasy XIV. I, I mean, I came in a little bit earlier in 2019 because I, like, I, I stopped at BFA. I was like, dude, this is hot garbage i i can't take this anymore i did play a little bit of shadowlands just to see if it was changed it's like no this is the same hot garbage i'm not gonna deal with this but um other other people were like yeah 14 is not for me there's too much story so that's why you also saw resurgence in guild wars 2 i myself played a, a decent chunk of guild wars 2 a couple of months back and i think and i liked it so much that i bought the expansion i don't even know what i'm going to be able to play like end of dragons or whatever it's called but i know that i'll eventually play it be- and and i was like hey man this is worth it because like this game deserves my money because for starters they didn't even charge you like a monthly fee you can mm-hmm. buy some stuff on the store or whatever, but it's like 
for I think it was fifty dollars ever. I was just like, I'll just buy all the expansions and the new one that's coming for like fifty dollars, and I get mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And I was like, yeah, fine, sure, it takes some money off me. And a lot of people have been diving into uh, Guild Wars two as well. A lot of people dove into um, ESO, which I also bought ESO. It was like cheap on Steam, and I'm like, sure, I'll buy that one too. Whatever. I just- <laughs> Go to the cart. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'll, I'll just buy all of these other MOs, and I checked out ESO, and I was like, "See, ESO, I didn't like the the combat and the animations and all that." But the the point is, everybody started funneling to different MMOs, and you started seeing a resurgence from there. But then, on top of it, it also I think it was kind of a coincidence. You also have New World coming out, mm-hmm. and you also have uh, Lost Ark coming out, and all of that stuff at the same time. And that, yeah, has revived the interest of MMOs. And now there's probably a bunch of companies trying to. Oh man, we gotta we gotta get back to work on that MMO we were supposed to be working on like eight years ago when MMO was. MMOs were like the hot new thing. We got to revive that project and bring it back. But um, also towards the thing that you guys were talking about, New World, which is like, you know, you guys are saying this game has something. New World has something. It's the moment-to-moment gameplay is incredibly immersive. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Like, that, there's a reason why a lot of people are just like, oh, dude, I just love chopping trees in this game. Like, you don't even oh, get man. that much for it. You, you get oh, the wood, and that's it. But it Act- feels really good. Oh, you should flag right? for PvP, because then you increase that luck, and you can get some really cool <laughs> stuff from chopping trees, man. Fishing. <laughs> I've just, I've never been more immersed, like, yep. well, I won't say never, but being in a town, right, and there's people around you, and hearing the ting of someone mining a node in just outside of town... Yeah. So and good. just knowing it's another player, it's just Sound so cool. Fun. And the- I, you know what's funny? I think like they they initially put in those systems when the game um, in its earlier stages when it was just like hardcore PvP across the board. Mm-hmm. And the idea was like oh. if someone's mining, you you hear them from like a <laughs> mile away. But even though they kept that element in, I and and it's not quite the same game anymore. I think it's it's just so good. It feels so good. Being in that world, like the the time that I did play, all the pre-launch time I put in, I had a really, really good time. It's just a shame that they had so many issues with bugs and exploits and just that their end game didn't hold up, which, you know, mind you, that's a critical part of an MMO, but I had fun with the slice that I did play. And I am looking forward. I, I am going to go back next year because, I, like you said, uh, Rurikon, it's, there's there are some really cool yeah. elements to it. You know what I mean? So... Definitely. It's uh, I, I know exactly what you mean, and, and and it's like one of the thing, one of the reasons why I popped out of it was because I was having a lot of fun when I was basically like doing all of my own thing. So instead, you know how some players will go to like the the market board or whatever it's called in that game, and they're just like, uh, oh, I'm gonna buy the the best tool for my level. I was having a lot of fun leveling out the different professions that I could do in order to craft my own tools and craft my own things. And that aspect of it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm kind of like surviving, living off the land, doing all of these uh, neat things. And then I reached the point where basically I would spend like, I don't know, 10 hours grinding to get like one point. And I, and I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be cooler if you would limit each player to be able to level like, say, two of these professions, but they were a lot easier to level? Because... I stopped playing because of that because I, I was no longer able to, in a reasonable time frame, craft my own tools and continue to have my own fun. And I was like, well, I don't want to go to the auction house and buy and buy these things because that's not as fun to me as it was just experiencing the, the thing the way that I was experiencing it. And 
I just burned out because of the fact that I, I then watched like an Asmongold video or whatever it said, you need to craft 5,000 something <laughs> woolen shirts. And I was like, what? You're crazy. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Please no. Okay, what is happening? It was just like an insane amount of grind. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't think I'm doing that. Like, I love this. <laughs> I, I love the moment to moment, but I'm still not going to sit here for like a million hours and, well, and whatever. And the thing, too, that they did, I think is kind of interesting, is they've added that aptitude system to crafting. So mm -hmm. that way, after you're at 200, you can even like invest even more time into it to then unlock um, these little like chests, Difference. basically. You did. Yeah. And, um, so uh, to me, again, that's crazy. Um, I have a, a guy on my steam friends list who's been playing nonstop since launch and I'm just, it's funny. I'll see his achievement pop up 200 in mining, 200 in fishing. And, you know, I look at his thing and it's like 600, 700 hours played. And he's like, yeah, this is the first MMO I've ever played. And I was like, wow. That's actually really, that's actually a really good review from somebody who's like, I've never played MMOs. And all of a sudden, so you get sucked yep. in, uh, into that. One of the things I really, Diablo. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I'm very curious, cause like when you talk about Diablo, when you talk about, we've had this debate, I can, like I continue to say it at the beginning, my definition of 14 is it's a final fantasy game that is built on top of an MMO. It sits on top of that. And so, uh, people often like challenge me. They're like, Oh, Brian, this is an MMO. And it's like, what part of a four man instant raid is an MMO? Well, like Fortnite has more players than what you would experience within that. Like, is Fortnite an MMO? I wouldn't classify it as that, but we have to look and see, like, has the, like, as the genre itself has changed over time, so, and so has the players have changed over time, and that's where, like, New World, for me, like, reminds me of my roots, Final Fantasy XI, and the nostalgia, like, when you bring up the sound, for me, it takes me back to being a kid in East Texas and Nacogdoches, like, with a lot of the tall trees and just had the scenery, and so, like, immediately, like, a nostalgia, like, light switch fly, uh, flips in my mind i'm like oh man this is like my me, my childhood and uh not that i was a lumberjack but that's what that's the that's the oh. university out there <laughs> sfa let's go lumberjack let's go let's go um hack some jacks but uh the uh so it's like there's like, like these weird like ways that we connect but one of the things that new world sets a new question in my mind and we've talked about it with new world lost ark with the exception of world of warcraft and final fantasy but we've mentioned eso Blue Protocol, Fantasy Star Online 2, and we just keep going down this list. One of the things that these games all have in common is either no sub or an optional sub to the model itself. And the fact that these games are starting to come out, Blue Protocol is one of the curiosity pieces of it is that it's coming out with no, it's as a, as a free to play, no sub. Lost Ark, free to play, no sub. New World, buy to play. Like as the model's changing, like do we see the future of MMORPGs actually maintaining their own subscription fee in lieu of something like game pass being out there in the wild i hmm, i think it's go, go ahead, ahead. anybody yeah good rory okay so um i think that the situation here is that you need to be established so like world of warcraft was able to put in a subscription fee because they were kind of like the first ones to simplify the mmo down to a level where it reached the significant mass appeal and obviously critical mass uh, final fantasy 14 came in at a time where they were still able to implement that as well but i feel like newcomers to the to the to the genre it's going to be very hard for them to just be like oh yeah we we need you to pay a subscription fee up front and you're going to be like 
but is your game any good? It's like, you're going to have to prove yourself, especially when you have games like Guild Wars 2 that don't require a sub. And there's a couple of more. Like, obviously, now you also have New World. Lost Ark is now going to require a sub. I mean, even Warframe, it's, it's more of like a four-player co-op, but most people consider it an MMO. Also doesn't require a sub, has thousands, maybe even millions of hours of content, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, it's very hard for some some someone new to come into the, the, even if it's like an established company, to come in and say, no, you need to pay us a subscription fee because of this, right? right. It's going to be hard. So I think that a lot of people are going to come in with the buy-to-play model with stores. That's what we're going to see a lot of, and obviously also free to play with a more aggressive store maybe than the buy to play model or something like that. Yeah. And so a few weeks ago, um, I interviewed a developer that was developing an MMO, um, upcoming one called Scars of Honor. And um, it's very reminiscent of early WoW, but it's kind of a take on the classic um, experience of MMOs. But that was one of the questions I asked as well is, you know, how do you plan to monetize it going forward? And we had a pretty long conversation about subscription versus free to play versus buy to play. And um, his mentality was kind of like what Rory is saying is you need to have people in the game to actually experience what they're going to pay for. Right. They were kind of gone with the days of, oh, well, I'll pay for a month or I'll get a month free, you know, and I'll check it out and then I'll subscribe later. Um, so he's like, we're just going to do free to play. We're going to have a cash shop that is um, has, you know, a couple of different like skins in it. But that's it. You know, he's he's like my my job as the he's like the uh, studio CEO. He goes, my job is to secure funding and do fundraising to kind of keep the game going and, um, you know, kind of fund future enhancements and stuff like that until we're at a point where we can either expand our shop, go buy to play or um, charge an optional subscription down the road. So it was kind of very interesting seeing his approach and kind of his mentality of here's how to develop like an MMO in today's society. Um, so I think Rory, you're probably right on the, or on the dot there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't expect to see. Um, I don't expect to see any MMO launch and be successful uh, going with a sub model, except like maybe the, the one exception in the foreseeable future of games we know about. Maybe Riot can get away with it. Um, mm -hmm. But if anything, I think it's a lot more plausible that they just do a uh, season pass because it's basically just yeah. a subscription. It's basically just a monthly subscription broken up into whatever like three months at a time, uh, just called something else. Yeah. And people feel like, oh, this is worth it because look at all of the currencies I'm getting, the resources I'm getting, the skins I'm getting, whatever it is. It's not just like $15 thrown into the ether because like, oh, they need to run their servers or something. You feel like you're getting something for it and um, it <laughs> it works, right? That's why mm -hmm. like someone, that's why freaking every FPS game has a monthly sub now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Battle passes are just everywhere. Um, so... I feel like that's like a lot more plausible, honestly. I, I see the and future. yeah, you're right. Go ahead. The competition. I was just I was just gonna say like, it, it, there's way too much competition, and there and like, how are you gonna go up against the behemoth MMOs out there trying to charge a sub fee? Like, people are gonna be like, for what? Why? I'll just play 14. I'll play ESO. Mm -hmm. I'll play it's where just... my friends are already, where I'm comfortable. Yeah. 14 being a game that's also on console and and PC, and I want to get to around to that question here in a second, but. The, you, I think you hit it right out of the park. I think the future is the battle pass. In fact, 14 is actually introducing their own battle pass uh, in the next patch that I was like, all right, that's going to be interesting to see how it makes me feel. Because my issue with the battle pass 
is the expiration. And I hope that I know Halo's got problems with their <laughs> right now, but my, but I love that it doesn't expire. I have no problem mm -hmm. buying it. And especially in an RPG, like that's what really I get frustrated at destiny. And so I don't even play. Like I just, it, it's, it's same thing with, it's the Majora's mask sin, uh, Sinatra syndrome with me. Like, <laughs> Oh, you put a timer on me. Like, oh, I don't think I'm ready for that kind of commitment. Like I've got kids. I've got a <laughs> life. Look, I got, you know, I got, I got to do other things. And so now there's a, I feel like there's this clock and now I'm feeling like that pressure. I'll just pass. I'll just go play something that doesn't put that pressure on me because there is so much competition. There is so much choice. And I think that, yeah, the battle pass ends up being it. My hope for it within the MMOs is they figure out you buy it you can and you just equip it and then that becomes your new grind that you can go work on whenever you want and it doesn't expire and oh there's a new one out you can go grind on that one too and essentially from a sales perspective you think about it like oh it's been a year and we had four seasons you know you know four battle passes or whatever we can bundle those up and sell them to you and then you coming into the game three years later and you're like oh let me just buy up all the classic you know seasons that i missed because i'm having a great time and all of a sudden that becomes another a revenue yeah. perspective. What do you think I mean, about? It, Go ahead. I was just oh, one more thing on that. I was going to say, even if it's not like explicitly a battle pass, they just there are so many things that they can do that are some variation of that that are essentially a subscription, but they give you something. Like for example, mm -hmm. ESO has ESO Plus, which anyone who actively plays the game will buy, literally solely because you get that bottomless crafting bag. Uh, yep. basically they build up this thing where they give you like 10,000 different craft uh, items that you have to carry in your inventory of only like a couple hundred slots or if you give us this payment you have a a bottomless bag for all your crafting stuff so battle pass or something like the ESO plus model um, is, is just a subscription and everything but name really yeah everything but name and optional so that people get in they can they can test the game they can touch the game they can take breaks from the game and they can come back, but they don't like if in order to log into 14, you have to like swipe the credit card. You have to pay if you're coming back. So you can't even come and say like, Hey, I want to check out the changes. I haven't bought Endwalker yet. I don't know if I'm going to want to get into it. It's like, yeah, you should, you should. It'd be really cool to just be able to hop into the game, be able to test things out. And then essentially, yeah, you want to buy Endwalker, bada being bada boom. Um, mm -hmm. NFTs, Square Enix said that it's going to be a big thing. And we've been talking about Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> oh no. Gotta gotta get the click gotta get the clickable titles, guys. Oh uh, man, Fuck Force okay. endorses NFTs and video games. Like, <laughs> wait, what? This, yeah, no, he doesn't. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Eight question marks after it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. How, how Brian name, Hall I don't give a shit. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> if you were like, I knew that guy was a scumbag. Oh. <laughs> At some point, like as you grow, like as a content creator, it's like, oh, we're so excited you're growing, and then all of a sudden, it's like he's getting too big. We got it. We got it. Like we got to humble him somehow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they grow up. Like, got to bring him back down. It's you. like with the with the NFTs. I've been extremely public about my absolute disdain for NFTs, mostly because N NFTs are basically scams at this point, and I don't see it ever changing because there's nothing that the technology enables that you can't do right now without NFTs. It just has the added benefit that it also uh, harmful, more harmful for the environment than if you were not to use them. That's that's that's, yeah. that's pretty much what NFTs do. Because um, ultimately, when a lot of people, they, they see all this stuff about, oh, but I, I'm buying this item in this game. And it's like, no, no. If you read the fine print, what you're buying 
is a database entry in the blockchain that has a unique code that somehow connects to this item over here in this game. And if this game ever goes down, your item's gone forever. And you still own the database entry in the blockchain, though. So there's that. <laughs> and you can sell that to somebody, to the database entry for an item that doesn't exist in a game that's dead but go ahead, you do you. I mean, that's just in video games because obviously there's way more egregious things. Like now you have NFT profile pictures on Twitter, and I'm just like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? The I, I, go, ahead. go ahead. Okay, I would say the for me, it's same thing, right? NFTs in the gaming industry, no. Like play to earn, I see is everywhere. Oh yeah, woo! Now, like that's just it's it. Yeah, you're selling the same experience that you're getting right now say the only nft i own one nft and um and it's uh it's for a card game show. i know it's it's <laughs> i i know i don't play monster hunter and i own an nft what am i even doing here um <laughs> i so it's, it's for a card game called metazoo and um it's actual physical cards um but being a nft holder like one of like 2000 or whatever um you it's like a, a vip pass or a backstage pass right so it's like oh hey um because you own one of these you know you get access to the products earlier you can purchase them earlier you can do all these things and um to me the value is there so i own it um but in gaming it's just it doesn't make a lot of sense especially right now i've talked about it a little bit on some of my content and online. Um, I feel like in general, I still don't know quite enough about NFTs um, to have a super informed opinion on them. Like I understand the basic fundamentals. I understand it's like a, basically I have a receipt tied to the blockchain that says you own this digital item, right? My biggest issue with the way it's being spun when it comes to adding it to gaming is this perception that it's, it's, it's like valuable to us as players and that instead of just grinding for a thousand hours to get my hand of Ragnaros and wow, um, I can have this NFT of the hand of rag and then I could, um, you know, presumably sell it to another player. It's like, okay, well, first of all, I sold decked out geared wow characters already in the past. I did it on eBay back in the original vanilla wow days. So it's not like I needed NFTs for that to happen necessarily, <laughs> but then also, it, there seems to be this conversation around how this is better for the players because this is going to be their method of funding, right? They say that, hey, we're going to put NFTs in our game to help sustain the game's development over the long term. But <laughs> this seems to be operating under the idea that like all the other shit's going away. Like oh, yeah, we're not yeah. going to charge a box price anymore. We're yep, not going to have microtransactions. Yeah. There won't be a season pass or a cash shop. It's like, that, no, no. It's, I think that's where a lot of the frustration has been coming from the gaming community because we realize this is just like a new, it doesn't function like a loot box, but it's like the next loot box. You know what I mean? That It's like, here's another way for them to monetize their games. And it's just getting thrown into the mix. It's not eliminating that. They're not going to stop the box price. They're not going to stop, stop the cash shop or... So it's just like so frustration. It's so frustrating to to see that that's that's what where the conversation has been going because I just think it's disingenuous that that is the reality of what the industry will do if NFTs do take off and if there's like acceptance enough that so many companies feel like they can put it in their games. Some some of the questions around it I'm not seeing or hearing other people talk about or being asked and that's actually kind of what concerns me. 
um, let's say from a content creation reviewer perspective, right? Now you have NFTs in the game and you're talking about it, right? Like what level of this uh, disclosure is going to be needed, right? Let's say they, you know, did uh, bring in NFTs to, to 14. Let's say my legacy status is a re- like where I have a reduced subscription fee. I've got all these b- extra bonuses because I'm legacy. M- imagine that being an NFT that I could sell. Like at some point, like I'm sure somebody coming into the, today would be like, I'd, I'd pay for that or, you know, et cetera. For, so just for example purposes, like, what level of, uh, of like disclosure do I uh, owe, owe somebody who's wa- watching a video or reading a review or listening to my opinion? How, how influenced is my opinion on the value of the assets that I quote unquote own in a game, uh, whether it's persistent or even in any other kind of game? So the pay to earn mindset, I think one of the things I haven't even seen brought up in the conversation, I've, I've seen the, in the environment, I've seen the pay, the pay to earn concerns, but I don't see the influencer concerns. And I don't like the word influencer, but that's just, I'm using that more in generic uh, terms because like it's, that's people like, oh, you're an influencer. I was like, oh, I feel dirty um, when you <laughs> yeah. say that. The, uh, but the idea is that like, I'm actively playing and evangelizing the games that I love, right? And I would hopefully not be swayed by like a financial return on I play game at game. I own NFT. Oh, I hype game up. I sell NFT. I profit, right? Like that's the mindset that I know that there are, and we all know there are people in the, the content creation space that aren't in it for the most, like, I guess, pure reasons from a gaming perspective. I think, uh, you know, authenticity is a very big, important thing within gaming. Honesty is a very big, important thing among gamers. Um, but there are those that, you know, those, there, there's always going to be bad actors. And so when it comes down to like even traditional media reviews, when it comes down to, uh, you know, user generated content and things like that within the content creation space, I do wonder like what level of impact, uh, will that have on, uh, you know, like actually like giving real honest opinions about, about a game, because even within like just legacy media, you know, that when you get called into an office and they say, Hey, so-and-so heard you talking smack about them. They are a big sponsor. We're not telling you, you can't talk bad about that person, but that conversation alone, that knowing how, you know, all the, all these reporters that I hear that are no longer reporters, they talk about how that, that, that influence, no matter what changes, even if you're actively trying not to have it change you, like there's still always that, that, that hanging over that influence. Do you have any, any uh, take on my thoughts there? Um, to, to me, it's, it all has to be with the relationship that each influencer has with their community. And uh, I've already seen influencers uh, basically taking advantage of their community and quick and dump schemes for stocks and stuff like that before the NFT craze went live. I am actively seeing certain other content creators essentially exploit their communities by selling them NFTs right now. And it's like, look, some content creators are going to do it because they don't give a crap. Some content creators are not going to do it. To me, the most important thing is always be super transparent about any skin that you have in the game. Like whenever I talk about Monster Hunter, for instance, I've already told people, listen, whenever I do a review to Monster Hunter, at the start of the review, the first thing that I say is I'm biased towards this game because I love this game. So it's like, this is just the fact, it has nothing to do with the fact that I got like a a code from Capcom, which I do get. And I also disclose that, but it's like, I just like this game, whether I would have bought it or not, I'm probably going to speak well about this game because I like it. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, if Capcom ever puts out a Monster Hunter game that I don't like, I'm also going to say, I don't like it. I think it's trash. And, you know, and nothing, and, and I've always been very straightforward to 
pretty much any entity that I have dealings with where it's like, listen, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And if you ever don't like it, then that's up to you. And if you don't want to work with me, that's up to you. And it is what it is. And some I've had some people don't work with me anymore. It's like, hey, I don't care. It is what it is. It, to me, the most important thing is I always try to remain true to the community. And with the NFT stuff, I'm not even concerned because I've already said, look, I got a huge backlog of games to talk about. So if like <laughs> if the future of games is NFTs, then sign me up. Retro. I'm not going to be to everybody. I'm going <laughs> to like, listen, I got to play Guild Wars 2. I haven't finished Persona 5. I don't mind. I want to replay Xenoblade Chronicles. Like, dude, I got plenty of stuff to play mm -hmm. until I'm dead in the ground. So I, I don't <laughs> care about NFTs. There's plenty of games out there. <laughs> but that's my take on that. But, but again, the important thing is always, like, being transparent. So, like, for instance, I got to review PlayStation 5 early because uh, – Portugal, there's less competition between content creators. And I was given a PlayStation 5. I was lucky enough. But, you know, I reviewed the PlayStation. I said, hey, listen, there's some problems in here. If you compare it with the Xbox and the, um, what's the, what do they call that technology where they just like update all of the games to the latest version and they have backwards compatibility? I forget. Whatever. They have that thing where you put in like a, yeah, smart delivery. Smart that's delivery. it. Yeah, that's right. And I was yeah, like, I listen, they, they have a really cool thing with smart delivery on the Xbox. And, on the PlayStation side, for instance, I put in this code that they gave me from Sony and it installed the PS4 version and the PS5 version of Spider-Man. Why the <laughs> hell do I want the PS4 version installed? Doesn't make any sense. But it happened. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, again, it's all about always being transparent. That That's mm -hmm. the way that I look at it. And that's the way that I'm going to continue doing things. But it, this demands that everybody knows the people that they are dealing with, which, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And I would, I mean, I would echo that. And I think right now, just in terms of the industry, society, we're shifting away from, you know, celebrity influence and we're shifting deeper and deeper and deeper into content creator, Twitch streamers, YouTube streamers, uh, them being influential. You know, we've talked about it before, but, you know, people come home and they don't turn on, you know, a TV show anymore. They turn on their favorite streamer and they watch them. And so you're starting to see more and more whether it's companies, whether, you know, it's brand deals, anything like that, target those individuals instead. Right. And, um, you know, those who can be, can be bought or, you know, um, you give them something that, that they enjoy playing and people do feel that, that pressure, right. To, to speak highly about something because, you know, Oh, I was selected and, you know, I want to make sure I, I have future opportunities. So I'm going to speak highly to it. And we're seeing the same thing with NFTs. Um, I've seen some, you know, some esports organizations and things like that all of a sudden incorporate a ton of NFTs and, and then like hype them up. And then, you know, it's almost like a pump and dump type thing, just like we had with, with, you know, Dogecoin. So, um, these are the things that, that we're seeing and it's, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's like, okay, why, you know, you used to post all of these clips about like, oh man, this like, you know, sick, like clutch play at the end, you know, one V four. And now it's, Hey man, check out my, my, my board ape yacht club, um, NFT, and you should go buy a bunch of these. And it's like, it's, it's just, it's, it's tough to see. And I think it's just pushing us down a road that is not going to end well. So yeah, it's hard. Or you got any final thoughts on that one? Um, like the eth ethical part of NFTs and content creators, mm -hmm. I, I guess it really just, it's funny because there's just so many different types of content creators. This really only applies to like reviewers 
or and thing or people along those lines, reviewers, maybe pundit style content creators. <laughs> but I mean, just look at the prevalence of like creator codes or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you got to create a code for Fortnite. Like, how much shit talking are you going to do about Fortnite? But on the other on the other hand, like, not everyone's trying to be a reviewer. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many content creators out here. Just like watch me like make funny noises and have a good time with my friends. And <laughs> yeah. here's my creator code. And also here's my NFT. If you guys want to <laughs> ask your mom for the card, you can go buy it. Um, but yeah, I in, in, it's but specifically, yeah. I mean, if there are any people who purport to be reviewers, they probably shouldn't be. Do you even do you just not talk about NFTs? I guess what do you do? Well, it's <laughs> just like I'm, I'm just wondering because it like in terms of like the the legal ramifications. If right. somebody was like, "Hey, we want to sponsor your podcast," like I say, "Hey, this is sponsored. Like this is this is mm-hmm. this is part of the whatever this message oh, course, is being paid right. for, right? Because mm-hmm. there's bad stuff. And NFT isn't technically like a sponsor, and so there's like I'm wondering if we'll end up seeing something down right. down the road. But it's going to take a it'll be it'll be like the the house will be have burned down the next house over will have burned down before somebody's like oh there's a real weird problem going on right here all these people <laughs> yeah. are getting scanned by these like so-called like re- like reviewers or things of like that you know and i think well, it could it's, also be it's like the early days of youtube when people didn't necessarily disclose their sponsorships you know what i mean mm-hmm. maybe it might just take some time until yeah. eventually some legislation comes through they're like hey you know what no you have to say if you're involved in this nft that you're talking about yeah um because yeah there is some I guess it's, I guess it's, it's it, I don't know. It's weird though. Is, is it, is that, is, is that different necessarily than like, okay, I own, I don't, but let's say I owned Activision Blizzard stock and then I'm a YouTube creator who talks positively about Activision Blizzard games. Like, you're supposed maybe that's to too far that. removed. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm but, sure, I'm sure you are, but I don't remember the last time I heard anyone on YouTube tell me what their investment what their st- portfolio what was like. Well, and for me, yeah. like on that note, like I don't know if I own Activision Blizzard, but it's also I usually just talk bad about them anyway. The reason I don't know is because I have <laughs> yeah. my investments are handled elsewhere. elsewhere. Like it's like okay, mm-hmm. you are good at investing. Here is money for retirement. I would want to like not to work at some point. Uh, you know, it's like I would want to want to log in and not have to worry about people like subscribing because like I'm not a full time content creator. I'm like, I go to work and then I come home and I'm I make a video and then I go to bed. You know, or play with the kid. You know, play play the kids go to bed, and it's like, yeah, like I like at some point like my retirement. But like I enjoy making content. Maybe that's the point where it's like I get to I get to sit back and be like, all right, whether you like sub or don't. Like I don't ever want to be like reliant on that you know i never want to what be like, you don't know that. is that your financial advisor is watching your videos oh, and God. only investing in what you talk about <laughs> oh no is that is that is that illegal he's and driving that, up the stock that's how that's how, that's how i go viral you yes. know like dad youtuber goes to jail for like embezzlement <laughs> i didn't know you're, this is your chance <laughs> your 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 stock guy basically bought the blizzard dip dude and now you're a freaking millionaire because yeah. microsoft i don't have that much money like actually in retirement so it's like we're we're we've been funding it i've been funding retirement since 20 but as much as when i look at having like five kids and i have them in private school uh yeah like i'm gonna i'm gonna be programming until i die <laughs> like, yeah like, okay let's uh let's go guys yeah so the um force why don't you tell people where they can find you uh you uh youtube.com slash force gaming yt that's pretty much it i used to stream but it's too much streaming's too hard dude i don't know how people do it <laughs> i just want to make youtube videos streaming's exhausting i'm the same boat. My voice 
yeah i i, I i've been streaming on fridays and I'm, it's a, like january's an evaluation it's like all right <laughs> it's, hard. It's, hard. it's hard work man i don't know how those people do it um Rurikon, where can people find you you can find me on youtube.com slash Rurikon or twitch.tv slash Rurikon. I stream and make videos on both because I'm crazy. But uh, yeah. Oh, Chad. Wow. Oh, man. Let's <laughs> get <got> the chin. <laughs> and now, uh, Vulcan, how about you? Where can people find you? Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Vulcan ARPG. So, same thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't stream. Um, like Force said, it's tough. Like, oh, man. I just, I try and. Yeah, it's just not for me. So I just I make YouTube videos and have a good time. So fantastic. Well, I'm, guys, I'm so happy that they, both of them said streaming is very hard so that whenever I complain about it, listen, these two, they just said it's hard. Okay, it's This tough. is hard. <laughs> it's not easy. You don't just go live and things happen. Like, it's, yeah. it's exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I hit go live. <laughs> what's what's gonna happen today we'll find yeah. out <laughs> all right guys thanks so much for tuning in thanks everybody for being us with the live show i really appreciate y'all typically we do an after show but like i was talking about with real world and work i actually got to go to see some of that right now so uh thank you all for listening thanks for being here and thanks to all of my wonderful guests for this show hopefully you have a fantastic day and take care <laughs>